This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast. I'm Kristen Urkel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. Hey there, I'm Chris Nerlon. We have an exciting podcast ahead. But first, I want to talk about something we all know way too much about, moving. Just the thought of that can bring an unsettling emotion. Well, I found a team that can take that load off your plate. It's D1 Relocation. This group can do it all. They can organize your move, coordinate with a moving company, and a trusted real estate agent. They can actually vet key household partners, such as schools, insurance agents, physicians in the area. They can even help set up your Wi-Fi and water. It's incredible. So I've come to know this team, which is actually founded by a coach's wife. I think you should check it out. Whether you're looking to move now or in the future, it's d1relocation.com. Now on to our awesome podcast. It is my honor to bring Renee Anacchioni on the podcast. Renee is the wife of Ben Anacchioni, head strength and conditioning coach at Washington State. Thanks for being a part of us today. Thank you for having me. Well, you guys are in your first season at Washington State. You spent last year as the head strength and conditioning coach at Akron. We were together at Kansas. You've also been at Wyoming. Pitt and LSU, some fun programs to be a part of. So when you think about your career and you think about places you've been and how he's related to student athletes, Mm -hmm. what do you feel like really makes him dynamic in this role? I think, and you know, Ben, um, you know, Ben is uniquely him, you know, he's tatted from like throat to, you know, all over his body. And I think he looks a certain way and people expect him to be a certain way. And um, you know, kind of like an aggressive, you know, coach and unapproachable. And when you meet him, you find, you know, he is uniquely him. He doesn't try to fit into spaces he doesn't fit into, but he is soft-spoken. He has a big heart. He cares and loves deeply. Um, and more importantly, I think he just always makes decisions for the betterment of athletes. That has always been his priority. Um, and he makes decisions based upon the program, the student athletes and their betterment. And, you know, I think he's not wavered on that at all. And I think, you know, that is kind of what makes him unique. It absolutely does. Now, where did you grow up? And did you ever see yourself as a coach's wife? So we grew up together in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I don't think that I ever like knew what a coach's wife or thought about, you know, any of that growing up. But, you know, I remember in our high school yearbook, I had written to Ben, you know, I can't wait to marry you, have Italian babies, and you play for the New Orleans Saints, you know, like in our 17 year old minds, like that was where we wanted to go, what we wanted to do. And then to end up at his first coaching stop at LSU, and to be in Louisiana and to get married in Louisiana, and then to have our babies and start our family in Louisiana was kind of weird. Um, but I don't know that I knew that it would be coaching. I just kind of thought, you know, our lives would kind of center around football in some capacity. So you knew each other in high school, and I'm sure I've heard this story before because we were on staff together yeah. in Kansas. How did you guys meet? Obviously, you've known each other for how many years? So we met 
when we were 13 years old, going into like eighth grade, we met at a friend's swim party that summer going into eighth grade. But we actually were born in the hospital together. Our parents kind of lined it up and we were both, um, you know, we're two days apart. And so we were in the hospital together uh, and then met when we were like 13 years old and grew up, you know, going to middle school and high school. And I cheered, you know, he was a football player, that sort of thing. But, you know, didn't start dating actually until after college, you know, and it, it's it's pretty amazing. He's my best friend and I, I, I consider myself really blessed. That is incredible. So my daughter's 12. So next year, I mean, it could really happen. Have you thought about that now as a mom going, well, in a couple of years, they could meet their spouse. Like, No, I, don't, I can't <laughs> even like think about them dating. No, I just want them to be little babies forever. No, I can't think I can't think that far. Uh-uh. I'm going to be the crazy Italian mom. <laughs> so your your families knew each other? No, no. Okay. Like I didn't even live in the, we were both born in Pittsburgh, but at that point in time, I was living like an hour and a half away okay. in another town. And so my parents got divorced. We moved to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, he was going to a Catholic school and he decided he wanted to go to the public school. So like our lives just kind of like pieced together later in life. Um, but then, you know, as our parents started looking at like our birth records and baby books, like, oh my gosh, we were, you know, in the hospital together. That is the coolest story. Okay. How many yeah. kids do you have now? So we have three. Um, we have Salvatore, who is eight. We have Santino or Sonny. We, he is six. And then we have Luciana, who we call Louie, and she is three. So it's it's kind of a zoo. You might hear them <laughs> Gorgeous. as they're getting ready for school. Okay. So you work now. Tell us what you do. So I work now for uh, the Department of Education, and I'm still working on my doctoral degree in higher ed administration um, through the University of Wyoming. So, you know, I kind of have my other things and, you know, those things are, are important. But, you know, first and foremost is, you know, Ben, our kids and our family. And, you know, that's kind of always at the forefront. And you've been a part of programs where you've done some incredible winning and been in bowl games and a fun part of your life. But as we know, and this is one of my sad but favorite questions to ask is the, the tough questions here, which sure. is not every day is easy. And obviously, um, we've walked through some things together. What's been some of the toughest adversity you guys have faced and what did you rely on to get through yeah. this? Process? Well, I think, you know, being at Kansas together, because, you know, um, we all, you know, we're the majority of the staff, you know, being let go back in 2021, um, you know, prior to that, you know, when we got to Kansas in 2020, as soon as we got there, it was COVID, you know, COVID kind of hit. And then a few months after that, um, my dad got diagnosed with cancer and then he passed. And then a few months after that, you know, we got fired. So it was just kind of like hit, being hit, you know, each time kind of being knocked down a little bit. And, um, you know, we really had to kind of rely on each other and our faith. And, you know, it, it's obviously unprecedented to get fired in May. Um, so that kind of weird timing of that and just all of these like extraordinary things kind of happening at once. Um, and so I think, you know, Ben and I talk about this often, you know, we looked at how you and Joshua handled it and you all did not miss Mark. Um, you know, you smiled every day, you showed up, there was never like, you never missed a beat. And so I think, you know, in our conversations, we would kind of say like, if they're handling it this way, you know, and we're paying attention to them, who else is paying attention to us? You know, who can we model this for? Whether it's like the staff, you know, the other strength staff, our peers, our friends, 
Um, but more importantly, the three little people, you know, at home, how are we going to model this to them? Because they're watching, they're watching every little thing. So while they know we're going through these really hard things and they're dealing with the loss of their grandfather and having to move again and leave their first home, you know, it was really important to kind of stand tall, walk with our faith and just trust and know that we were being led um, and, and have real conversations and model to them authentically, you know, there's going to be good days, there's going to be bad days, but this is real. This is real life. And this is what, you know, we want to kind of show you as your parents. And I hope, you know, we've, we've done that. My word, you, I did not know you were going to say that. It just made I'm, me sorry. Like I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's the truth. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, no. That's powerful. Um, no. I really, you got me off my <laughs> Well, I'm so grateful for that though, because I mean, that's, that's what it's about, right? We talk it about it as coaches, oh, overcoming adversity. But mm -hmm. when it happens to you personally, and you're in those moments, and you're, I always think about, this is their childhood. Mm -hmm. This yep. is their, you know, this is where the rock, in the hard place, and this is where they're looking at, like, you know, mom and dad say this externally. Mm -hmm. This is yep. what you say to your players. This is what you say to your podcast or whatever. But who sure. are they, you know? at home are exactly. we, and that's the hard part because at home you just want to fall apart and go, where is this going how's this going to exactly. ever turn out well you know how could this be you know mm -hmm. all the things that run through your head and that's, and I, that's the test right there it is and i think you know i remember lee beth asking me like you all are doing so great you all are handling this so well and we were like okay but like you know we're like, look at Joshua and Kristen and, and how they're handling it. And, you know, I remember like you all kind of dealing with like the insurance things and, you know, all those things that kind of go into that. We're like, look, they're dealing with these harder things if, if we can handle this. And so kind of looking at it that way, like, you know, if they're able to kind of walk tall and keep their heads up, then we can do the same. Being, having a calm in this study, I appreciate that. And the only way we can do that is our faith. I mean, yep. that is, that is the only way that it's changed Absolutely. us though. I mean, do you feel mm -hmm. like it's changed you? Absolutely. We yeah. are, we are different. We are stronger. Like we'll say re in reflection, we are not the same people that we were when we first came to Kansas, even after Kansas, you know, I think we thought for a second, like this might break us or this might, you know, this is just a lot between my dad and, and this, and, um, you know, not having to kind of, I think for us, the bigger part of Kansas was being able to give our children a home. And I don't know, I know that seems like very like basic for a lot of people, but you know, in the coaching profession, you don't really get that opportunity to kind of settle and buy a home. And so to be able to, at a point in our lives to give our kids a home and say, this is yours. And to feel like it's kind of swept underneath of you, it, it hit. And so it was much deeper than, um, just a loss of job. It was us kind of having to ask the kids again, trust us. We're going to move. We're going to, you know, this might, we might bounce around and, you know, for them, for their little minds, you know, and trying to explain all this change and the uprooting, it gets difficult. And, you know, you feel guilty in a way it's like, are we just doing this to chase a dream, our dream? Um, and I think, you know, it, it required some conversations between us and God and kind of saying, like, are we chasing our own dream or are we showing our kids 
to strive for more, to be exposed to more and see the world and just want more. And I hope, I hope through all of this, we've done that. Yes, I know you have. And then, you know, our sphere of influence in, you know, that impact changes as well. You know, that's mm-hmm. another thing I'm able to share with my kids, which is, yes, now you have these group of people that can mm-hmm. see God in you. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it, it, we get to take that to another area. And I think that's, that's one of the ways and things we've been able to share with our kids. So this is what year for you being a coach's wife, how many years have you been going? So Ben started coaching. He started at high school for like a year. Um, so about 14 years, but he's been in college for about 12 now. Wow. 12 years. Okay. <laughs> so what's one thing where now you're glad you made a priority? I think it was always just our faith. I think, you know, we've had to kind of really fall into that given, you know, some of the things that have happened in our lives, whether it was professionally or personally, but I think, always knowing and trusting that we are being led, you know, there is a defined path and God is kind of always ahead of us. And we're walking that knowing that he's already ahead of us. Um, And there's nothing that we're going to face that he hasn't seen that, you know, we can't handle. Um, And, and really trusting that the suffering and the things that we go through are ours and we're meant to go through those things. And there's lessons in those things. And, you know, how do we kind of, do we take from those lessons? You know, do we model those to our kids? What about the people around us and, and trying to be a support to other people, um, you know, whether that's on staff or our family and friends. And I just think it's kind of, you know, trusting, trusting God in, in every decision, kind of letting go. I think, you know, at some point, you know, you're always kind of on this, this future planning of like, what's next, what's next, what's next. Um, what's the next job? What's the next job? And it's just like, after kind of everything, I think Ben and I just kind of looked at each other and we're like, if we have our faith, if we have each other, the five of us, and we have our health, nothing else matters. And I start the day like that. And I end the day like that. And, and that is kind of how I choose to go into life. And, you know, every day, do I think, you know, every moment, can I hold on to that? Absolutely not. Um, but, that is kind of how I tried to live my life and, and kind of coming off some of these, these harder things that we've dealt with. Wow. That's powerful. That's, that's powerful. I mean, cause that is your foundation. Yeah. That, because you know, you can, this, this profession, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are so judged on wins, losses, yeah. and then things that have nothing to do with these things, you know, that Absolutely. We and, and like, you can just get so high and you get so mm-hmm. low and, and you can feel it every day. I think there's mm-hmm. people that don't think that the families maybe feel that every day. We feel it every day. Absolutely. Like on a random Wednesday morning, mm-hmm. really it early is. Washington State. <laughs> we yeah. feel that every day. But yeah. to keep that steady, mm-hmm. that's the hard part, to keep that steady. And you it have is. to have the foundation. And when you feel yourself going this way, mm-hmm. knowing when to pull it mm-hmm. back and go, hold on what really matters exactly why are we doing this and uh that's the thing that i see so much strength in you that you are doing this you know thank you uh gosh my husband has so much respect for yours and uh, uh, i know we love you guys okay so um he's had quite a career it's impressive so i love to research and i knew some of your stops you have been at uh 
But just to review before I go on the podcast, I'm like, look at these programs you've been a part of. How fun is that? And you're playing in the Pac-12 now. You're at Washington State. And, yeah. Uh, a neat environment that you're in there. What a, a cool thing. And I would imagine you've been with him as his friend mm-hmm. since he was 13 years old. Yep. yep. You have really played a part in some of the success. And I'm not going to let you say I haven't. Uh. Like we help our guys. Right. So what are those things that you have done that's really played a part? Because if I were to have him on here, I would imagine he would say you played a part. I always think, you know, I trust Ben from like, you know, 13 to, to now. I think I've always just trusted him. You know, he's always kind of been like eclectic and wild and unique and, in his own way and outspoken and he doesn't conform. And, you know, as we were younger, you know, people didn't kind of know how to take him. And, you know, I always kind of was like that person was like, Oh, like, you know, I always put him on such a pedestal. And, but I do think I've just always trusted him. And we talk about everything. Every decision that we make is for, you know, at the end of the day, it's focused on our family. Is this serving our family? If it's not, we're not doing it. Um, and so I think, you know, relying on our faith together and, and trusting in that as well in conjunction with just trusting him and, and know that he always has, you know, us at the forefront of his mind as he's making any decision. I know that. Um, and I think that's important in a marriage, you know, just generally speaking. But as you're kind of navigating this coaching life, you absolutely have it because it is complete chaos. And so you need that order. And the order comes from from us, you know, we're, we kind of say like, at this point, we are the storm, like there's nothing that's going to break us at this point, because we kind of stand firm together, and kind of look on like, whatever comes our way, we're going to handle together. Yeah, our circumstances are not going to change who we are. No, yeah. can't, 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 can't waver, and certainly can't waver for the three little people that are, you know, watching either. Definitely. And I've been inside your home, it's very organized, it's very clean. <laughs> well decorated oh gosh i love your decor you're so good at all that thank you yes how do you organize everything all day like how do you get it all done you're working you have three kids i think you know i probably have a little bit of like ocd um but i just am the type of person where like i need the order i kind of understand like life is chaotic, but the things that I can control, the order, you know, the, the keeping the home a certain way, um, you know, just keeping the kind of flow of the family, you know, in a, in a productive stance instead of just this like chaotic energy. I really feel like, you know, we already have enough chaos kind of surrounding us and that energy. And so if we can bring in like the, the calm and the, you know, the order, then maybe some of the other things kind of don't influence, but um, you know, whether that's like early mornings, late nights, I, you know, I, I think for my well-being and, you know, how I lead the family and how I kind of lead the home when Ben's around, I need things a certain way, or I don't feel like I can kind of keep up with, keep up with it all. I definitely can't keep up with it. <laughs> okay, it's practical. You've done a lot of long moves. You're not like moving in like little state to state. We're talking about Okay, you've done it at Louisiana. Yeah. To, I don't remember the, the order, but you've lived in Wyoming, Louisiana, mm-hmm. Kansas, Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So what are your tips and tricks on moving? When do you move? How do you organize it? Yeah. Like, how does it work for you? I feel like I'm kind of an expert at this point. So Ben will just be like, 
mm, we're moving again. And so I'm like, okay, got it. Um, and I think, you know, the first move, you don't know, you just kind of like throw everything together and hope for the best. Um, but now as I've done it, I'm like, I can be a professional mover at this point. You know, I like to pack things myself. I think, you know, especially like not the big things, you know, furniture, those sorts of things. I leave it to the movers. But, you know, I kind of go by when and you probably can attest to this. But, um, you know, with the movers, they just kind of put what they see in the box where it's like, well, I want, you know, these sorts of things in this box. And I know where everything's at. I label everything that's in there. Because a lot of the times there have been moves where I know I'm not going to unpack certain things or I know I'm not going to unpack a majority of our things. And so I want them organized in a way, you know, that makes sense for the next move and, that, you know, kind of anticipation. Um, but I always kind of feel like that's kind of relieved some of the stress and the burden, um, decrease some of the costs. I mean, because these, yes, these cross country moves, I mean, we'll find that a lot of it is actually out of pocket because they are such major moves and mm -hmm. you know with the family size that we have and the things that we have it just you know so i try to do my part um but it it's still stressful it's still nerve-wracking um you know it's still a stressor on me but i feel like you know it, it kind of eases some of that if i know where things are and how they're organized in my mind well, how do you get connected in a community? I mean, how do you get centered, yeah. all that kind of stuff? What works for you? We we always really like as a family to, you know, every time we move, we're like, okay, we want to kind of explore the area, the surrounding areas, you know, try new restaurants, try new things as a family. So we try to do a lot of that. Um, you know, we try to integrate ourselves in the community through sports and the kids' activities and the school um, and so here it's really wonderful at Washington state because the majority of the coaches kids on staff, they're predominantly at the same elementary school. There's a large number of elementary school age kids and they all play together. They're all in the same sports. And so, you know, we really have this larger sense of community because we're kind of, you know, doing the same activity, same sports kind of showing up together. Um, it's kind of funny, like when our kids go against each other, because we're like, oh, we're so competitive, you know, <laughs> on the sidelines, like way more, you know, but we're apologizing to each other, like, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, that's hysterical. I didn't think about that being on the same sports team, but they're all close together. That would be a little bit tough. I know a little bit about Washington State. I interviewed Pat Chun for another platform. I do interviews on incredible uh, culture he has built. Now, yeah. I think, look back, obviously, May was not a great time to get things happen for everybody. Sure. And look at how competitive this business is. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to name a name of what job it was, but has there been a job you thought guys would get and it didn't happen? Sure. How do you keep them encouraged? And, you know, we've kind of had those throughout our career. And um, I say our, I, I kind of use it interchangeably. I don't feel like this is just Ben's path, Ben's career. And I think we kind of share in that sentiment that our whole family is, you know, in this together. Um, but there were certain jobs, you know, that he interviewed for and he got passed on. And, you know, my, you know, I always encourage to go take the interview and, you know, you don't know who you're going to meet and who might remember you. And there's, there's value in that. And you get to speak your truth and be authentic to yourself. So like, I think there's value in it. 
Um, but you know, there are times where he doesn't get those things or hasn't in the past. And, you know, my message was always like, that's not a job you want. If you went and spoke from your truth and your heart and were authentically you, and they didn't see you as an asset or bringing value to their program, that's not a program you want to be a part of. Absolutely not. Um, I want him to be in a place where they want him. They appreciate him. They're going to respect him and they see the value in him and, you know, see him as an asset to the program. And if not, I think you just keep moving on. It's not for you. That's, that's good. Very, very good wisdom. When you think about how staffs are structured, uh, sometimes it feels like the staff incorporates everyone, right? Mm -hmm. And -hmm. sometimes it feels like it becomes maybe on the field coaches get certain things, you know, and that can be tough. And sometimes what would you say to, um, I don't know, to kind of open our eyes a little bit about, you know, if someone has opportunities, somebody listens to this podcast, we've got people that are probably about to be named a head coach. Sure. Right. In a couple of months and they're on the verge. What would you say to a wife? Yeah. uh, About, that whole structure and what would fans need to know about, you know, strength conditioning and how it's different and and what kind of role it plays. Yeah, I think, you know, and we're really blessed here, you know, coach Dicker and Ben had a relationship um, from working at university of Wyoming together. And so I think, you know, you know, more of a peer to peer in, in that, in those roles. And so I think he truly trusts Ben and, um, you know, kind of allows him to kind of be the, we kind of call him like the off season head coach because, you know, he has them, the entire team between, you know, uh, spring training in January through spring ball and then kind of picking up the summer training and then passing them back, you know, for camp back to the the head coach and the staff. And so, um, you know, I think Coach Dickert really trusts him to to be that counterpart and to be that kind of, um, you know, off-season head coach, so to speak. And I know how much that means to Ben, and um, he takes that really, really seriously. Um, but it is, you know, it is different. You know, he isn't recruiting. He isn't traveling. His mornings are a lot earlier. So a lot of days he'll go in at like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, but he does get out, you know, sometimes earlier. He does, you know, sometimes his hours are a little bit different. Summer is his peak season, you know, whereas in May, you know, the the staff coaches may have some downtime. So their, their schedules don't always kind of align. Um, you know, in season, he's kind of more of a, a support in the sense of, you know, he's on the sidelines and he's maintaining the strength and conditioning piece for the season and trying, you know, to do that part, but, you know, a little bit more hands-off in, you know, it's just more of like maintenance, you know, kind of at that point rather than kind of, kind of the high intensity of spring and summer training. But um, I think, you know, coach Dickert's given him a wonderful platform to be a voice and to share that with the team and influence them that way. And, I, I don't know. I, we can't say enough, but this it's really like a, a beautiful thing to see. I, I really feel like he's seen, he's heard, and he's valued here in that role. And I have noticed the staffs that really incorporate their head strength and conditioning coach and mm-hmm. look at it like a head coach in the offseason. There is something special there because it, it's just 
another way that they're connecting, obviously. Mm -hmm. And it builds culture so differently mm -hmm. when you have that type of mindset. I know you guys, when we were at Kansas together, yeah. always wanted to taste the meatballs and the oh. Italian food yeah. you were making. You guys have them over to your house to eat as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, that's always been important to us, you know, growing up, like I come from a huge Italian family and, you know, so our way of loving and caring for each other is to feed each other. My dad, you know, was a culinary chef by trade. And so, um, you know, we love having staff and players over and feeding them, you know, Ben will cook homemade sauce, homemade meatballs and, and the pasta and you know we kind of do like the meats and cheeses and, and the whole spread and it's more or less just to welcome them into our home um share that piece of us because we are kind of private in a lot of senses but you know that imitation to the home and being around our kids and um just kind of you know away from football and kind of just like you know relax put your feet up you know be at home and just enjoy this piece and i hope that we are able to give that whether it's to staff or to the players i really hope that and uh you are going to share a recipe right with the wives yeah i'll okay. share the sauce recipe i'll share that too nice nice okay so do you have a coach's wife mentor I do. So actually my um, cousin, our moms are sisters. My cousin is a coach's wife. Her husband um, is a coach with the Tennessee Titans right now. Um, but he was a college football coach. And so he had done some stints at Notre Dame and Nebraska before kind of transitioning. Um, so her name is Jennifer Booker. And, um, you know, she's part of that big Italian family and, you know, grew up with a million cousins and she was always like, you know, the, the person I wanted to be. So that was, that was my role model growing up. And so it's kind of weird that we kind of ended up in like yeah. these similar lifestyles, but it's like, it almost makes sense because I always looked up to her. And so it's like, I needed her in that capacity growing up. And I, I still need her in that now. And so, you know, it's nice to kind of bounce off things with her and I don't, I can trust her. I know, you know, it stays there, but she can give me honest feedback um, and share the hard truths about this all, you know, the hard things that people don't want to talk about or just don't talk about. Um, and, you know, just kind of seeing how their family has modeled, you know, handling adversity and getting fired and all the things that kind of go along with coaching. And so to see it in a family member, and somebody you hold so closely um, just kind of hits differently. And I, again, I, I'm incredibly blessed to have her in my life. Absolutely incredible. That's that's really special. I was thinking while you were saying that, how you talked about your family being really yeah. hard family. Has that been an adjustment? Because is the rest of your family still that kind of sort of at home? Your siblings are there, your cousins, most of them are there. And yeah. then you call home and they're all, they've got everybody at games, you know, yeah. you're like by yourself at your kids sporting yeah. event and then you look around there's grandparents all around has that been harder just because you were from such a close-knit family it is I think like I almost kind of say it was like not that <laughs> I was on the my mom is one of seven and so you know it we have this large extended family and we're all loud we're all like over the top a lot of like screaming and argument and kind of like busting chops right 
Um, and that's how we kind of show our love. And so I always say, cause I was on the younger end of the cousins. I was essentially like hazed, right? Like, come <laughs> up. Um, but like, you know, they made me suffer for it, but it, it's hard because we all kind of grew up together. You know, our holidays were these huge, huge things. And, um, it's hard. And I always kind of feel bad for our kids. Cause I'm like, you know, y'all kind of missed out on this piece, but then, you know, even with my cousin, Jennifer, who, you know, she's in the coaching and they're in Tennessee, you know, when our kids and our families get together, it's like, they don't even miss a beat. You know, it's like, they just pick up and they, they love each other when they see each other. And so I kind of hold on to those things. And I think that's more of a testament to like our family as a whole and, you know, prioritizing those relationships and showing up for each other. But yes, you know, it, it's absolutely hard to feel like, you know, grandparents are missing this and I know it's hard for them. And so, you know, I just, I, I think it's really important for me to show up for them and, and Ben as often as he can, but we do FaceTimes. We try to stay connected, but I, I promise like, sometimes I'm just blown away because like our kids, you know, our cousin's kids, like they just pick up and they love each other. It's like no one ever missed a beat, you know? That's good. And yeah. it's like a great culture that you're in right now in Washington State. I mean, the families. Do you oh, yeah. do some things with the wives right now? Do you guys get to do some fun things and the kids are at school occasionally? We do. So, you know, it's been kind of crazy since we got here. Just, you know, normal, you know, training and summer and season everybody's you know going with you know their kids there's a lot of young kids so you know i will say like the wives on staff are we're just all running right you know <laughs> it's like it's like you're just in the car all the time if you're not working or doing something else you're just pretty much shuffling children um but honestly like i go back to our sports events and the activities but like we kind of that's our time too so like Yes, we're watching the kids and, and, you know, enjoying that aspect of it. But it's also our time to connect. Um, you know, we, we do tailgates and things like that. And we do kind of like birthday parties and those sorts of things. And it's just, it's light, it's easy, it's fun. And I, you know, you don't have that everywhere else. And I think that, you know, kind of is a testament to our head coach's wife and kind of, um, you know, the tone that they set and how that trickles down. It's just, easy right there's not this um there's not this like drama or you know anything else it's just like easy light fun and you know it's kind of really nice to be a part of it when do you get time with ben i mean do you and you talked about making decisions together and, and communication such a big deal do you ever go take a date do you cook in what's your thing yeah, we, we try. I mean, we try to do date nights during season. It's pretty hard. Um, we typically do like every fall we do a book together. It's called the magic, but it's a 28 day practice of gratitude. You know, each day you kind of practice a different gratitude um, thing. And so we do that together every fall. And it's in that, you know, it's a lot of goal setting on a personal level. And then we do some goal planning as a couple and family and kind of looking ahead for that next year, not anticipation of like necessarily moving or new program or anything like that. It's more or less like the season is going to come to an end here, you know, reflecting on this year, what do we want into the next? And so we try to do that together each year and kind of see how each year, like our things change, you know, where were we five years ago relative to now? Um, but we read a lot. So Ben reads a lot of psychology and kind of spiritual books. And I kind of, I'm more focused on like self-improvement, those sorts of things. And so we, you know, we'll text during the day, like, 
you know, screenshots of what we're reading, what do you think, and kind of like bounce things off of each other. Um, but I think we're always kind of like teaching each other, kind of, you know, always trying to, you know, be better together and kind of expand our knowledge. And I think that kind of bonds us. Now, you mentioned earlier that you're working on your doctorate. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talked about setting goals. This is so mm-hmm. impressive to me. Your, your kids are under the age of eight, right? Yeah. You're moving cross country. You're mm-hmm. getting them settled in. Uh, and a lot of moves more recently. Mm-hmm. How have you been able to pull this off and be that primary parent? I, I honestly think, um, you know, it kind of goes back to losing my dad. You know, I kind of, I kind of realized quickly, like after I lost my dad and kind of overcoming that or dealing with that, like in an honor, in a way to honor him, how did I want to live? Right. And I almost feel like when he died, a part of me died too, Uh, you know, a new version of myself kind of had to resurrect and kind of take on the hard things because, you know, for me, my dad was somebody in my life that was like a constant support, somebody I could always kind of fall back on. And so to feel like I'm actually like an adult in this world now, like I don't have that, that person to fall back on in that way. Um, you know, who do I want to be? Who do I want to be for my kids? Who do I want to be for my husband? Who do I want to be for myself? How do I honor God in a way, you know, in a live in a way that is valuable and meaningful? And so, um, you know, I kind of decided like, who do I want to be? And what I decided was that I needed to be the strongest, most durable version of myself. And so, you know, kind of taking on those things. And so, you know, prioritizing my health, prioritizing working out and taking care of myself, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, dealing with, you know, the loss of my dad and and handling those things appropriately. And then, you know, kind of translating that into how I live my life and how I want to model for my kids. Am I perfect? By far, you know, no. Um, I fail every day and I hope my kids see that, but I hope that they also see that I'm trying and I get back up and the things that have, you know, come our way and tried to knock us down will not. Um, But I kind of feel like if there's another storm that I'm going to be hit with, I want to be the best version of myself. I want to be the most strong, you know, strongest durable version of myself. And so, you know, taking on those things professionally and personally and prioritizing myself. Um, and, and I, you know, it's not always, I kind of say like, I, I fail in, in some regard every day, you know, I can't fill every bucket fully every day, can't do it. And so sometimes, and Ben and I kind of talk about, it's like, um, you know, with, with Christ and everything with that aspect, religious aspect, you know, it's judging yourself, but with compassion. And so saying like, I may have not met this goal today, or maybe I, you know, I didn't get better in, in this regard today, but I still showed up, you know, I still tried. Um, and so every night before I go to bed, it's like a Kobe Bryant thing, but it's, um, he asked, like, did I get better today? So I have a post-it on my mirror. And I, I really wrestle with that question at night. Like, did I get better today? And some days, no, you know, and, but, you know, meeting that with compassion, like I didn't, but tomorrow's a new day, right? So how am I going to do better tomorrow? And so I think if I kind of focus on those things, that the other pieces kind of fall aligned, right? Um, and just kind of show up for my family and do the things that I know bring value to our lives. And I hope that, you know, I hope that they see that. I hope they appreciate that. 
powerful. I mean, you're so inspiring, Renee. Oh, thank you. Okay, what do you like to do when you're alone? So are you reading? Are you are you audio books, paper books? What and then what do you do in your downtime? We do, we both do paper books. Downtime? Oh gosh, we don't really have a lot. I mean, like I feel like I just want to go to a restaurant, right? It's like give me food or give me shopping. Like I'm not that. I don't have a whole. We like antiques. Like we do like to go antiquing together. But like we're really boring. I mean. It's like, let's watch a show. Let's go to a restaurant. Let's go get some antiques. I mean, we're like post-retirement at this point. So. <laughs> antique shopping. I did not know that about you. Oh my gosh. Ben too. He's like, to he's a total nerd. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. What would you say is the most rewarding part about being a coach's wife? Honestly, because, uh, you, you know, in this, in the time, in the downtimes, we're like, why are we doing this? Right? Like, do we really, you know, in like some sense, like sometimes I'll be like, wow, we like really follow this game. Like this game dictates so much of life. Um, and, you know, but I think it does, it's bigger than, you know, I think that football kind of translates into life that you kind of suit up and you play your hardest. And if you do, you're rewarded, right? If you do things the right way, you're rewarded. So I think it mirrors life very closely. And I think that's why so many people are drawn to it. Um, but also I think I look at our kids and like I said, I, you know, there are times where I'm, I've had to say like, are we doing this for our dreams and us? Or are we doing it for the betterment of our family? And so, um, you know, I've kind of thought about, you know, all these different areas that we've lived, you know, all across the country, all these different regions, all these cultures. And then I start thinking like all of the things that our kids have been exposed to, um, you know, different people, different places, different cultures, um, being afforded the opportunities that they have to be around these, you know, wonderful role models of men, these young men, and even for our daughter to kind of see, you know, examples of young men that kind of live it the right way and for our sons. And I just feel like there is such value in that. And if I can focus on that and know that, you know, one day, Ben and I are going to support their dreams the same way that they did for ours. You know, it's going to kind of reverse. Um, and I hope they kind of see that. I hope that this lends to them kind of seeing that the world is bigger and to strive for more and to, you know, never stop reaching for whatever you want out of life. Rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I, I yeah, as, as ready as I can be. Yeah. What's the last book you've read? Um, so it's called Don't Believe Everything You Think by Joseph Wynn, um, but it's kind of, it, it challenges you to be more present and to kind of recognize that like life is suffering, um, but you know, you kind of dictate your response. And so it's kind of um, not manipulating your thinking, but kind of, you know, pausing in your thinking and kind of thinking, um, you know, is this a thought or is this my response? And kind of challenging yourself in that way to really think about your thoughts a little bit more and if they are kind of at your benefit or they're detrimental to you. Wow. I never do blank at a game. Uh, I certainly yell. Um, I don't wear the colors of the team ever. I don't. I don't okay, know why. why. I don't know. Ben wears all black. So like I've started wearing all black. I don't know. I don't. I just I, I maybe it's like, you know me being superstitious I have no idea but I just don't like wearing the colors of the team and it's not anything against wherever we are I just I, I either wear black or white 
traditionally. <laughs> okay. If you could have dinner with someone current or from history, who would that be? Um, this is ridiculous, but honestly, like Marshawn Lynch, I love Marshawn Lynch. Like think he's by far like the funniest human on the planet. Like if it can't be family or anybody, you know, like that. And then yeah. I just think of like our kids love him and Ben loves him. Like the stories that I could come back and tell, I mean, that would just be so worth it. Is he the one that said, this is not rapid fire questions, but is he the one that said, I'm just here so I don't get fined? Yeah. <laughs> but he does like interviews now. Um, I don't know if it's like for third, I think it's on Prime, but he does like interviews where he like, he went to Amish country and was oh, riding so with, confused. yes, yes. That's fascinating. Okay. You get, <laughs> you threw me there. I like it. You get a night alone. What show would you binge watch? Like just me? Yeah. Oh wow. Um. So right now I'm watching Only Murders in the Building. So I feel like I try to binge that when nobody's around. Like just leave, you know everybody leave me alone and just like let me let me watch this. But that's kind of like my my thing right now. What's your go to meal to cook? You know, coming from like a big Italian family, I think it's always easy to be like, let's just do the Italian spread, the sauce, the meatballs, the pasta. I love gnocchi, um, salad, meats, cheeses, that sort of thing. So I feel like that's always like our our, our quick go-to. What sport can you beat Ben in? Ooh, um, maybe bowling is, if that's like, you know, a sport yeah. sport. But yeah, bowling maybe, because he's okay. terrible. He's <laughs> It's awful. What would your walk-up song? I I would do um, Zach Bryan's Open the Gate. Nice. I love that. Nice. Thank you so much for your time. This has been incredible. No, thank you. I love it. I'm, any opportunity to reconnect, absolutely wonderful. So thank you, Kristen. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer-Hope or online at Brewer-Hope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifeLife.org and follow us on social media at CoachesWifeLife.